Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative Podcast, the only podcast out there that gives you the best in alternative music and, of course, the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips. We've not been, goodness, we've been off for uh, three three weeks, I think. We were, due, um, uh, we were due to be here a couple of weeks ago for Riviera, I think it was. And uh, uh, the guest uh, who we have with me this evening, who I think is probably in seventh heaven, um, couldn't... Um, couldn't make it that night because he suddenly got called off to a Merseyside derby. But um, uh, I guess you wish you were at Anfield yesterday, Dave Tyndall. Uh, I'm sure you're in good spirits today. How are you? <laughs> yeah, uh, very well. Thank you, Martin. Yeah, um, what a game that was. Um, I did watch it on telly, obviously, but I I didn't uh, get there. We, we have kind of, a, we share a season ticket, four of us, and it, it wasn't my go. Um, but um, I was happy enough to watch it on telly and just sort of sat there dumbfounded by what went on sometimes when a score starts starts going up like that it just seems sort of surreal and why doesn't it happen more often because it's just like good player kicks a ball it goes in net why don't you get more weird scores i don't know just you know when liverpool lost 7-2 to aston villa it just seemed odd yeah Yeah, yeah. it's like i don't know i i don't know how to process it really it's like you well, can your your brain can handle like a four 0 win. Like, oh, we've really beaten our rivals, but seven's just like I don't know what to do. I don't understand. Yeah, well, as, as I saw someone uh, someone write um, somewhere, it was uh, a very good result in what's been a very bad season to date for you. Not a very bad season, but a bad season. But do, do you think uh, before we get onto the main topic of golf, do you think that's uh, uh, the turning point for Liverpool? Do you see a, a top four charge coming now and uh, sort of a cup? trophies on the on the cabinet as well or well there's no trophy there's no cup trophies left unless we um win four nil in the Bernabeu. Um, right so, okay oh, of course you're out uh, the FA Cup as well yeah our season now yeah our season now is basically trying to finish fourth and after that I kind of think we will um I was looking we're only seven points behind Man United yeah yeah, yeah. so it's not inconceivable that they get a bit kind of thrown by that I still think Eric Tenag's a really good manager, but um, yeah, he certainly. I mean, from where they were and um, yeah, and, uh, you know how they start the first few games this season, uh, they, he certainly uh, obviously uh, hold them up and looks like he's building something there, doesn't he? So, uh, but, but just um, maybe, just maybe, there's more sort of like there's a few bad eggs that not bad eggs, but there's a few players that potentially could still just sort of go off the boil. Mentioning no names, Bruno Fernandez. Yeah. If, um, <laughs> Things aren't going his way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't claim to be a foot, football expert, as I think I probably mentioned on this pod before. I'm a Hammers fan for me sins, so uh, um, I thought we we missed a bigger, big opportunity on Wednesday night in the cup. But um, I would have uh, after 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 Roy Keane's comments because he was on ITV on Wednesday night after the way he laid into the Hammers. I'd have uh, been interested <laughs> to hear what he said about Man United yesterday. That was probably uh, yeah. quite fun. But um, yeah. Uh, anyway, we're not here to talk football. We're here no. to talk golf, and um, uh, I'm assuming. You uh, flipped over your channel uh, as soon as uh, you got over the shock of that uh, win yesterday, uh, straight straight to Bay Hill, and it was the normal, um, uh, should we say, the normal, uh, you know, real um, drama-filled uh, final eighteen holes at uh, at uh, Arnie's place. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think this stretch of golf to me, the Florida swing, is the best stretch we have all, all year with the Honda, which uh, I really hope stays on the calendar, and then Bay Hill, obviously, uh, players, and I love Copperhead course we've got next week as well. So, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. Did you enjoy last night's viewing? And was it any any good for you? Did you any enjoy? Uh, yeah, I did enjoy it. Um, I it's been a bit tricky. The uh... The kind of start of the golf year because I, I 
for Betfair, I, I write an each way column and I kind of, my rule is I can't really go bet- beneath 16 to one. And obviously if you get in um, like Ram winning three times, so that's all that out. And then Scheffler won in Phoenix, so I couldn't. So I'm kind of, on, the, on my Betfair previews, I can't really get these winners, but I, I, I have had success else, elsewhere, um, mm-hmm. another column for WSN, and um, that's gone quite well this year. And I, I actually had Scheffler as my main pick on that. I thought he'd, mm. he'd do his defending act again, repeat mm-hmm. what he did in Phoenix. And he was close, wasn't he? He had that approach yeah, to the yeah. last that he think goes a couple more feet, and that's yeah. by the hole, but it just sort of ran back into the rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so I love. I mean, I love viewing it, and I think it's fantastic tournament. Ever since it sort of morphed into this real sort of uh, uh, sort of major championship test over recent years. Obviously, when uh, Tyrrell won there in two thousand and twenty, yeah. and uh, sort of ever since, really, it's just a great viewing to me. And always seems to be lots of players in the hunt down the stretch. Uh, for, from a personal point of view, it was a bit of a head in the hands job because I was on on Hatton uh, and Hovland, um, right. and um, I just thought I, I would this time last week I just thought Hatton was an incredible bet at 35 to 1 each way I thought you know he's, he's been in blinding form this year really strong form and uh, obviously his record at Bay Hill second to none and um, yeah I thought he was a, a a knocking good bet for this this week just gone and uh, um, and uh, I really thought he was going to do, do the business uh, going to the back nine yesterday after Kitayama triple bogeyed nine yeah. and um, but then his putter let him down a bit on the back nine and then um, obviously uh, Victor um, you, you know he came with a little bit of a charge and then it all went horribly wrong on 60 when he chunked his approach into the water so uh, uh, and in the end his three putt on 18 cost him the place money as well so uh, uh, it was just sort of a, a small return for Hovland and uh, enjoyable evenings viewing but uh, personally a rather disappointing result but um, I was delighted to see Kitty Yama actually get a win though because I thought uh, um, well, he, he really sort of battled hard, and he's that kind of player, isn't he? He's not. I don't know what you think of him, but he's not. Uh, he's not your smooth swinger sort of proto type golfer, is he? But he's just a really gritty competitor. Would you say? Yeah, he. Um, I, I, yeah, I was sort of pleased for him um, that he won, but obviously I had some um, uh, punters regret that yes. I didn't pick him out at a massive price because. Mm. Uh, he was quite um, the long irons. He's he's good in got the long irons, and you know because those guys that win on the European Tour, the DP World Tour, a few times, you think maybe they've just got something extra about them. But the main mm-hmm. one was when he laid that marker down at, at the Honda, didn't he last year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of oh, it was. But I suppose you can go through so many in the field and say, well, they left a little hint, haven't they? But um, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd had five, six picks, maybe he would have gotten to a staking plan. But yeah, I, I'd really pleased for him. He seems just like a good bloke, doesn't he? Yeah, no, absolutely. And like you, he, I mean, he wasn't, I'm not going to say he was on the short list for last week, but uh, um, there's a certain type of course he seems to like. And uh, obviously, it's, it's tough tracks, like you say. He put down that marker at the Honda last year. Um, I backed him at, um, I think it was the CJ Cup. Uh, I was on yeah. him each way because I thought he'd like that track. So I sort of thought I'd. Um, got his number a little bit but i think i was probably put off by the fact it was his debut um 
at Bay Hill. So, uh, and obviously, I think it was Robert Gamez the last person to win there on debut. So, uh, yeah, when um, he hold, he, hold his approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Amazing, so, so uh, that was enough to put me off. But um, hey ho, there we go, and uh, we uh, we we dust ourselves down and move on. So, uh, um, and uh, what an event to move on to. Um, it's uh, I guess uh, what's historically been called the fifth major, the Players Championship. Um, uh, do you, are you one of these people who's advocated over the years for it to become a, a major, or you sort of fed up and having that conversation every, every year? <laughs> yeah, you, you can't really sort of invent a major, and the whole thing about majors is that they've been going for absolutely years, mm. uh, so you can't just sort of make one into a major. Uh, I think you sort of need to have done it at the time. I don't know. I, it, I suppose the, the only way I could see men's golf having a fifth major if, if they started it overseas mm. sawgrass as much as it's great and it's you know an excellent course and it's challenging and you get class winners it's still another big event in america isn't it so it just doesn't yeah, yeah. quite have that major status but maybe because of the world golf championship events kind of going by the wayside uh it just maybe just elevates again slightly but then against that is the fact that we've had these elevated events yeah um so I don't know if you're if you're not that good on your history, you just think, oh, they go again. Load of the best players are playing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe I would have liked a bit of separation between this and Bay Hill in terms of maybe just done like an averagey event in between. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I'm still really looking forward to it. So I'm just that sort of just um, slightly being picky there, to be honest. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I, th I think it was um, Tom Jacobs, who we both know, obviously. Um, uh, uh, yeah. He um, uh, made the same point on, on Twitter. I saw it. I thought it was an interesting point when I hadn't really thought of it this way, but I saw him say, uh, you know, with this, um, uh, the advent of these elevated events, and obviously we've had the three of them in fairly quick succession now. Uh, does the players actually lose some of its appeal because it's just another, as you say, it's just another big event with all the uh, all the big names there. So uh, um, I guess there is that way way to look at it. But like you, I love the course. I've been fortunate enough to go there a couple of times, and it's just a fantastic place to watch uh, watch golf. And um, you know, obviously, you have got the uh, amphitheatre coming down the, the stretch um, around sort of sixteenth green and seventeen and what have you, and uh, it uh, never never really disappoints. So unfortunately, uh, uh, this year we seem to have half a decent weather forecast as well after last year's uh, fun and games so um, yeah yeah and uh, obviously we're here for the music as well and i believe uh, uh talking to last year your first musical pick links to uh someone who uh someone who won't be here this year um so uh yeah t tell us more yeah so um cam smith is the uh, golfer who won last year uh, maybe um maybe he knew that uh it would be pointless coming back this year because we've never had a defending champion, have we, in the Players' Championship? No, don't we have? No, since it was first played for in 1974. So, um, Cam Smith, it, it's interesting actually. He's kind of re represents like a parallel because, um, obviously, I'm going to riff off the word Smith into the Smiths. Hmm. Uh, if you're listening, Niall, you'll be pleased with that. Um, it's, it's kind of can you see the parallel in, in the fact that. A lot of people used to think Morrissey was great, and then he sort of turned strange. Yeah, and now they don't think he's great. And kind of, it's a similar thing with Cam Smith. Everyone thought, "Oh, what a great bloke!" He's just sort of out there with his mullet and tash, and he's he's all you know, just taking it easy and all that sort of stuff. And now he's yeah. uh, 
gone to live and people have kind of gone, oh, maybe you're not kind of the great bloke we thought you were. Maybe that's just me yeah. thinking that. But I thought there was a, a Morrissey, Cam Smith. Um, yes. And it's not as simplistic as it used to be, is it, to, to like um, mm. to like those two, certainly Morrissey anyway. Um, but the Smiths, um, it's a bigger debate, isn't it? What, can you enjoy art when you find when you find out the person who's done it is now just <laughs> doing yeah, terrible it's... things that you don't agree with or saying terrible things? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting debate, and I think um, you, you know I'm sure if we all uh, delved into the lives of our favourite pop stars or actors or whatever, we'd probably find uh, a lot of things we didn't <laughs> like about. Us. So, yes. uh, yeah. so I think um, um, uh, I think we best just listen to the music. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to still. Listen I think to so. We don't want to get into a, a debate about <laughs> U Tree and stuff, do we? Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. So uh, the Smiths. I mean, there's so many Smith songs you could pick. Mm. I didn't. I didn't try and be clever. Really, I thought always oh, the one that could. Somehow linked to Sawgrass. I just picked one I really like because I yeah. think it um, it kind of brings in all four of the Smiths. So it's Cemetery Gates, which is off the Queen is Dead album. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't really get a lot of um, kind of in these greatest ten Smith songs ever. You're not going to get that in there. But I just think it's it's kind of like the perfect Smith song for me in that you've got Morris's voice and the sort of lilt of his voice is great. It just pitches well. And he's singing about something that just no one else would sing about, to be honest, in a, mm. in a weird way. Johnny Marr's music is just complete sunshine melodies, isn't it? It's a, that classic yeah. Morrissey singing about cemetery and deaths <laughs> and Johnny Marr playing this lovely bouncy song um, that just you know smacks of sunshine. And then I like Mike Joyce's drums on it. I just think they're yeah. nice and sort of crisp and sort of, uh clip away and then andy rock's bass as well this is nice and bouncy it's just like all four of them are sort of really some i don't know i'm i kind of like if you have that debate what's more important words or lyrics uh i i often fall on the side of oh not words like words or tune that's the same thing isn't it i often side with the tune because you could write the best lyric ever if it sounds a bit rubbish it's not sort of happening. So obviously the thing with the Smiths, they are both going. But I do particularly like this Johnny Marr sort of upbeat, sunshiny tune. Uh, so I thought, why not? Uh, it's going to be sunny at Sawgrass this week. Smith, Smiths, it all works. So, yeah, that's my first pick. A great song, and I'm with you. I'd always go for the tune over the lyrics, although obviously, as you say, the, the Smiths just have that perfect match. Um, I did actually think you were being a bit clever with the song choice because I thought oh, you were right. going down the uh, sort of... Uh, you, Water you know, grave the, sort of thing. Uh, well, the sort of, not, not to see that, but the sort of death of uh, Cam Smith's career yeah. going, going to the other side. You know, he, he's, right, he's, yeah. he's, he's now sort of... A, his golf career is dead or, or, or what have you. Um, but, um, um, but uh, yeah, anyway, for whatever reason, it's, uh, it's a great tune from a great album and... Uh, yeah, great to have it on the, on the selection, on the playlist. Um, for those of you who are newer listeners, obviously what we do is um, I put the playlist out, um, uh, tweet out a link of it on Spotify, so uh, um, you can all have a listen to uh, the tunes that um, uh, we pick afterwards. So, um, yeah, so onwards we go. And as I say, it's um, the Players' Championship, TPC Sawgrass, and uh, a par 72 measuring just uh, over 7,200 yards. Obviously, over in Florida, we're on the Bermuda Greens and uh, 
course, probably doesn't need uh, much introduction, but uh, I've already touched on it already. Uh, it's uh, known for its iconic finishing stretch of the par 5 16th, the par 3 17th, and then the tough 18th. Um, it's a peat die design, of course. Uh, the other die designs that uh, are regularly seen on tour, um, the uh, Har Heritage uh, Hosting Course Harbour Town at Hilton Head, uh, TPC River Highlands um, for the Travellers, uh, Stadium Course at the Amex, gets a couple of rounds there and uh, also over recent years uh, TPC Austin home of the uh, match play so uh, it is like all peak die courses uh, ball striking is key here so if you look through the history um, of the event we've had some really strong ball strikers your, your Stenson's um, Adam Scott's more recently Justin Thomas uh, Cam Smith slightly bucked the trend last year doing a uh, most of the work with a putter. Uh, but prior to that, really, if you look at the stats of the winners, it's all sort of tee to green stuff is where they've really thrived. Um, it's one of those courses where if your game is unsong, uh, you can sort of take it apart reasonably easily. And you tend to see a few sort of 65, 66s, uh, particularly earlier on in the week before the greens speed up a bit. Uh, equally, you'll see quite a few sort of 78s, 80s from players who are struggling. So if you get out of position on it, then uh, uh, Pete Dye will eat you up with his design, as it were. Um, and also over the years, it's been very much a course where if you like it and it suits your eye, you get on well here, but a lot of big names haven't liked it as, as, um, as you said a minute ago, Dave, it's a little bit of a leveler of, a, of an event. And um, uh, there's been certain players like DJ over the years who've never really got to grips with it. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, so that's TBC Sawgrass. What, what, have, um, what do you think are the keys to uh, success here, Dave? Yeah, I think approach play. I was looking at the um, strokes going approach of the, three winners since it moved back to uh, the March slot in 2019. Obviously, there wasn't uh, 2020. Well, we had 18 holes, didn't we, in 2020 before the we pandemic did. struck. Yeah, I was there. Um, yeah, oh, wow, yeah. Um, I was so, on Hideki as well, sorry to butt in. It was the first round lead. Yeah, I was desperately hoping they'd get another day's playing and then call <laughs> yeah. it after 36 holes, which uh, yeah. looked like happening at one point. But, that's right. Uh, anyway, I digress. Yeah, so um, strokes gain approach, I think, is important. Um, I agree with you. I think, uh, course, when we look at most of the winners, they've, they've done something there. Not always um, on a consistent basis. I think it's one of those, like you said, if you're playing well, you can score You can score good. But if, if, if you're not, if you're a bit off, it finds you out. Somewhere like Augusta, like Mickelson always used to say, I can get away with it here more than anywhere else, Augusta, because he, you know, he just he had some sort of leeway. And he knew what to do, but I think if you if your game's a bit off at Sawgrass, um, you get find out, and that's why you go through people's records like McIlroy. It's just like a sort of um, a combination of miscuts and really good finishes. It's quite odd, isn't yeah. it? Um, yeah. So, that, so yeah, but I think I think for the winner, I think there needs to be some evidence that you've gone to Sawgrass and had a good year, mm. even if then you've played badly either side. I think once you've got one in the bag, uh, then you can uh, go back and and play well in the future. Uh, and the, the other one I've noticed in the sort of trends is that most of the winners have played here at least five times and between five and nine times. I think the yeah. only one is Siwoo Kim, who was a bit, I think he'd played just once. Even then, I think he'd done quite well. But um, most of them are, 
have had a few looks uh, at Sawgrass. So, so yeah, it's, it's a it's slightly funny course in in the sense that it can be a really some hit or miss in terms of your results. So therefore, given that, you do need to be coming in with good form. And if you look at uh, the recent winners, most of them have, have had a good knock coming in. And often, most of the time, just because of the schedule, that's been in somewhere in Florida, which obviously there yeah. are parallels, aren't there, with the Bermuda and the lots of water and the, and the windy conditions. So, yeah, that's how I'd be looking at it. Yeah. Um, you touched on a couple of interesting things there. And from, from a history point of view, um, this is the event. And, and it may be because it's, it was the first event I ever went to in America, and I'm sure I've told this story before. I've probably told it to you it for, on this very podcast. But it's the first event I ever went to in America, and I backed Stephen Ames 125 to one, and he won, uh, and he paid for the whole trip. So uh, ever, ever since then, I've sort of stuck to a formula, and that formula has served me reasonably well over the years. Um, had Justin Thomas a couple of years ago. I've had Kaima um, over the years, um, uh, Stenson. So it's uh, certainly not saying I've had the winner every year, but. Uh, uh, it's um, been been a sort of a good formula to stick to, and, and you've touched on one of the points there, which is as a rule the multiple starts. There's been a couple of exceptions, well, one main exception in Siwoo, um, one decent finish at least here. Um, so, like you say, you'll you'll see sort of. Um, um, I mean, someone like Ames was an example of this. He'd finished second a couple of years before and then I think missed the cut the following year and then came, came back and won. Um, but uh, you go through the list of your sort of Webb Simpsons and um, Martin Keimers and uh, uh, Jason Days and Ricky Fowlers and they'd all sort of popped it up with a top, top 20 somewhere along the way um, in uh, in the previous sort of uh, t two or three or four years here, if, if not something better than that. So um, so it's very rare that someone just pitches up here having done nothing here before or is literally making their debut or, or, or whatever. Um, the other two things I've latched on to here over the years is coming back to its sort of fifth major tag, there does seem to be quite a history of players who have won here who are high pedigree players so played president's yeah. cup Ryder cup uh were thought of as major champions in the waiting um but either hadn't at that point won their first major or indeed still haven't won their first major so uh cam smith was an obvious example last year um ricky fowler another obvious example uh go back to sergio he he had obviously won a major when he first won here um kj Choi was someone who knocked on the door of majors quite a bit um stenson exactly the same thing um so um yeah there's um there's that sort of fifth major type tag seems to bring those sort of nearly men in if you sort of I mean tim clark was another one yeah, yeah. knocked on the door in, in majors quite a bit um and uh then as you say the final point is uh the, the incoming form uh as well that's that that's really key um you, you know it's very rare like we said, someone finds their game here when they've been uh, sort of all at sea over over recent weeks. As um, I mean, KJ Cho is probably the most obvious example of a player who came on the back of sort of something like three top five finishes in his pre previous starts or something like that. But pretty much um, no one's missed the cut here in their previous start and then gone on and, um, you know, won here having missed the cup of the week before if you sort of mean or in their last yeah. start uh, over recent years so so i sort of stick to that formula and say it's done me reasonably well over the years so whether it will this year or not i i have no idea but um uh that's the route i'm 
going down. And um, on the musical front, uh, I'm going to get my uh, first tune in. And it's uh, interesting we've had the Smiths, actually, because uh, um, this is any, any excuse, really, a bit of a tenuous link. But um, uh, normally, obviously, most of our songs here are sort of pretty old old stuff, um, yeah. going back to the 90s or whatever. But I'm going bang up to date uh, with the Lathams. Have you um, heard much of the uh, Lathams? Yeah, you're all, a big uh, champion of them, aren't you? Or is it, is it uh, you? I, I am yes. a champion of them, yeah. Yes. And it's um, uh, it's fantastic to see how well they're doing. I mean, two, two three years ago, it was just a small little band from just outside of uh, Wigan and yeah. um, the second album came out last week and then they're sort of you, you know sort of everywhere basically in the press and uh, I think they're headlining um, you know an 8,000 8, capacity in Manchester this summer and what have you and just going from strength to strength and uh, um, if you get a chance to listen to this album from nothing to a little bit more came out last week and it's an absolutely fantastic album and it's just full of just you know, it's it's nothing groundbreaking. There's just great, great songs and yeah. great guitar play, and there is a sort of bit of a Smiths dynamic going yeah, on there. And, yeah. and, and, and the guitarist uh, Scott Conception. So I'm going down the Scott Adam Scott link there. You see, <laughs> yeah, that's my tenuous link. Uh, yeah. Very much has a touch of the Johnny Mars about him. And uh, the song I've gone for off this album is called Struggle, which has been a single. You might have heard it. It's just a great tune. And uh, I can imagine some players struggling this week who are a little bit out of, uh, out of form. So um, that, was, uh, that was my tenuous link. And that's my first uh, uh, musical pick of the week. So uh, Struggle by the Lathams from the new album, From Nothing to a Little Bit More. And uh, well worth a listen if you listen to one new album um, over the next week or so. That's the one I'd be recommending. So, Jolly um, good. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, so Clearly, that's not the one where you've warned me one of your picks I will sort of recoil at. Uh, yes, and uh, it's not that one. No, no. <laughs> it's not that Couldn't one. Say that's not it, is it? No, that's not it. Uh, at least I hope not. But um, yeah. Um, betting market before we get into the picks obviously the the, the big three are um uh are sort of uh, dominating the betting as as normal um ram rory and scheffler um if you'd had to back one of those um which, which one would it have been or indeed are you looking at any of those at all um probably rory to be honest i'm still a bit weirded out by ram's performance last week and mm. the fact that uh he still has not had a top five in florida mm. This doesn't seem right, does it? It's almost like he's he has to endure this part of the schedule, and it's not his favourite bit. Uh, whereas McElroy is a pass pass winner. McElroy obviously got a bit of momentum after last week, even though he probably should have won. Mm. Wasn't it weird that he 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 didn't look at the leaderboard? Did you hear that? Did I did hear that, and I just assumed yeah. to be someone who'd always been looking at the leaderboard because no, players I don't look I at it. Never understood yeah. that line of thinking where players. Yeah suddenly reveal that they don't know where they are. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he'd be the one. Um, probably, I'd, if I had an order of those three, I'd go um, McElroy, Scheffler, Rahm. You? Yeah, I mean, it's McElroy way and above the, the other two yeah. f for me. I mean, I was, um, I'd have Rahm over Scheffler purely just coming back to that uh, um, course history thing. I think he's played it twice and missed the cut yeah. once and, finished 55th um ram does actually have the sort of perfect winner's profile of you know having played in now five or six times and he's got a top 10 and and what have you there um the only thing where he wouldn't fit that sort of historical trends box if you like is the fact his finish last week would, would be 
we basically the worst finish um well prior to last year when smith i think finished 33rd in his previous start uh the worst finish of any of the recent winners in their previous start over the last 10 years was something like 22nd so uh, yeah. uh i think well, i can't remember exactly where ram finished but he finished sort of 50th or something now of course it would be ludicrous if we'd say ram can't win because he finished 50th last week but um uh just as you say he was a bit all at sea wasn't he so um it sort of puts you off a little bit but uh i'd still plump for him over sheffler just based on the on the course history so um but uh none of those are for me and um i'm um going to uh roll out my first selection mm-hmm. uh which is um someone who i was on last week uh, i've actually gone with two of the players i was on last week and the first one is uh um Victor Hovland and um, of course anyone who was on Victor Hovland at Bay Hill will have had their head in their hands sort of well through a large chunk of the back nine uh, well around yesterday because um, he um, like probably about another seven or eight players will feel it was one that got away uh, and he I mean he started slowly and then got back into it birdied uh, 11 and sorry 10 and 11 and uh, that came around the time obviously Kitayama was struggling around the turn as well so suddenly he's right back in things and um then he just couldn't quite get the putts to drop over the next few holes and then of course it all went horribly wrong on 16 where he sort of chunked the approach into, into the water and that that was that and then the uh, three putt on 18 was sort of um yeah, sort of rubbed salt in the wound because that pushed him out of the places as well. But the way I took a view is that um, he's just been playing some really, really good golf of late. I think something like his last 34 rounds or something prior to yesterday on the PGA Tour, uh, basically every round this season was par or better. So re- really, really good golf. And um, obviously he's a flusher from tee to green, which is what we're looking for here. Uh, his approach play um, was um, prior to yesterday looking... Really solid as it has been of, of late. And um, if we look at his history uh, in general, his history, obviously, from wins points of view, he, he seems to be picking up his wins, albeit what we class as lower grade events. He, he likes those sort of comparable shorter par 72s where wins in play a bit. Uh, Mike Cobra, obvious example. Uh, he's played well at Pebble Beach, obviously did in the um, US Amateur there. Uh, uh, sorry, when he was an amateur there in the US Open as well. Uh, obviously won in Puerto Rico. He's won in the wind in the Bahamas, albeit that's um, not quite the same type of track. But um, yeah, and although I would have liked ideally for him to have had a couple more starts here, uh, he... Um, produced the goods here last year when he finished ninth. Uh, so um, I think it's the course that suits him. Uh, I'm not going to let you know yesterday's bad performance um, sort of put me off. I think, as I said in my preview, I think people can get too much into oh he's he's a bit of a bottle job or, or whatever mm. that kind of stuff. Where um, I think it's just cyclical, and uh, uh, you know even the best players will have some horror you, you know times in contention Scheffler's a good example obviously at the tour championship back in the last year um uh, I don't think Morikawa was now a bad closer just of what happened <laughs> yeah. at the century uh Kitty Yama fell apart at Pebble Beach a few weeks ago and then closes out a far higher quality field yesterday so um I, I think um Hovland will be just fine and um yeah he's uh um he, he's for me this week so um yeah, how are you? Um, how are you playing the sort of each way strategy? Because there's a few uh, bookies going twelfth places, isn't there this week? 
Yeah, um, so I've, I've sort of done a bit of a mix and match. So with the guys, obviously, who are my shorter odds picks, I'm looking to try and get the you know the price rather than the places. So uh, uh, I've put um, Hovland up uh, for nine places, twenty five to one, yeah. uh, two points each way. I think it's William Hills who are going the nine places. Um, as you say, I think it's Corals and Betfair going twelve places, but obviously he'd be a little bit shorter with them. So but I'm taking a view. He's he's more of a winning selection than the. Um, uh, sort of, uh, you know, playing for the each way, although uh, obviously it'd uh, be nice to get the each way return out of him if he doesn't win, uh, unlike last week. Um, so, yeah, so nine places have gone two points each way. Uh, and um, the, the second of my three musical selections comes with Hovland. And whilst I don't think you'll uh, necessarily <laughs> like this one, Dave, this isn't the one I, I think you'd be cringing out. <laughs> so, oh, what's it going to be? So, well, this is an ode to Victor, actually, because um, you, you probably read that Victor's musical taste uh, is. Uh, uh, so, somewhat full on, he's into the heavy stuff. Yes. Uh, you, yeah. So, uh, and I did know that he's a bit of a system of a down fan who, uh, uh, right, uh, yes. who I who I quite like as well, actually, um, in my varied musical taste. Um, well, I'm, yeah, I'm. Um, they're not my sort of thing, but uh, my son is a good drummer, and uh, his music teacher used to get him to play System of a Down songs. So I'm kind of more uh, sort of aware of them than than I might be. Well, they, they're a bit odd, really, because they, they, I mean, I'm not into really heavy stuff, and they have some tunes that, uh, uh, well, songs is probably better than <laughs> tunes, which are just completely unlistenable as far as I'm concerned. But uh, equally, they just have some really great melodic songs um and this is one of those uh it's a song called lonely day um i'm hoping it's not a lonely day it was a lonely day for victor on the course yesterday i'm sure but uh, uh i'm hoping that um it's not a lonely day for him uh, this this week on the course at all uh so uh, this is uh this is for victor to try and inspire him this week we're having some system of a down and lonely day uh it's from their 2006 album hypnotize and and something i found out earlier which i didn't know was that um this was their last single for 14 years until they released some new stuff in 2020. So, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but uh, it's a bit of a belter anyway. I really like this song. It's called Lonely Day. So, uh, that's they got my, a song. Um, have they got a song called Chop Suey? They do have a song called Chop yeah. Suey, and, and that's one that uh, is probably a little bit too full on for me. But um, that's what my son was learning on his yeah, on the drums, yeah, yeah. No, they they got a song called. Um, uh, hypnotize, which uh, I think I got that right, um, which I really like, and uh, and then there's um, one about um, I can't remember what it's called now, but uh, it's uh, to do with LA, uh, and uh, that's a really good song as well. So, uh, but um, yeah, anyway, we're going for Lonely Day here. So, um, so almost we go with the selections, and um, yeah, uh, I think uh, you've got an Englishman in your team this week, uh, I believe, Dave. Uh, yes, I, I've got Matt Fitzpatrick. I think he fits the bill rather nicely this week. If you look at the last eight years, I think you've got seven winners in their 20s. So it often yep. goes to like a, one of these young um, players on the rise or coming into the peak form. Mm. And, and uh, Fitzpatrick won the US Open, obviously, last summer. If you look down the list of uh, champions here, I think the major that's maybe best represented is the US Open. You've got like Kymer mm. and Webb Simpson. Macaroyne Woods even, uh, which I think plays into the idea of you just need to be sort of steady and have a good all-round game and not get too up and down. Mm. Uh, so I think Matt Fitzpatrick is that. Again, like we said with Macaroy, he's not got this brilliant, consistent record there, mm. uh, but he has got a ninth two years ago yeah. uh, when he was, he was second at halfway. So 
He has been up with the leaders at, at Sawgrass, uh, so that's good. So I'm not too worried that like he missed the cut on his first two visits or anything like that. I think he has got the uh, the game uh, to win here. Even in his average finishes, I, I did note that he'd shot 12 straight rounds of par or better here. Mm. And that's pretty good, really. I know that's not amazing in some ways, and a lot of those may, were maybe bang on 72, but um, it's so easy, isn't it, to throw in a 75 or a 76. So I think he can sort of dig deep at this tournament and play well. Um, and I liked his warm-up last week. It was low-key, 14th at Bay Hill. Nothing uh, dramatic there, but more good signs, really. And he's a very good player in Florida. Maybe he's not got as much exposure in terms of a Florida specialist that some maybe have. But he, he's got eight top 15s in his last 10 starts in Florida. So very, put him on a Florida course, and he's all, you're almost guaranteed a run from him. Um, he was sixth off the tee. So it's going off the tee last week, which I like. Um, so, yeah, um, I just think he's um, the timing is right for Matt Fitzpatrick. Now he's got that US Open win under his belt to come here and have a huge week. He, again, I'm looking at the it, it's you know he pays you money and all that with the each way terms. Betfair are going twelve places. He's twenty eights with them. You can get thirty fives uh, with. Bet three six five on the on the exchange. Bet for exchange. I've backed him at fifties. So, mm. uh, and again, like you, I, like you said with Hovland, I'm not thinking. Oh, he's just coming here to nick fifth or seventh. I think he could win. So, um, you know, happy to back him on the exchange. But certainly, uh, at, you know, prices around thirty threes or whatever. Yeah, Matt Fitzpatrick. I just think this could be his week. Yeah, he's got. I mean, again, exactly what you said from a profile point of view. He he fits the bill with his um with his five starts or six starts here and the, the one top ten and coming in with a solid week last week. Uh, I will admit he was slightly off my radar because um what what's the latest on this um this nagging injury he's been um sort of struggling with a little bit. Is that has that gone now? This was it shoulder problem a, f- a few weeks back. He was struggling. Yeah, with, it's... play through it. Or something. It is one of those ones, isn't it, where you think, oh, do I do I become completely scared because I know of this one, whereas there could be 50 other players carrying something that you don't yeah. know about. Beware the injured golfer and all that. Yeah. I, I just think maybe um, it's no bad thing to sort of play within yourself a little bit mm-hmm. in these type of courses. So, yeah, I take it on trust a little bit, but... As I say, there'll be so many of them with something that you just don't yeah. know about. Uh, yeah. So fingers crossed, he'll be okay. Yeah, no, fair enough. In fact, was it a neck problem, not a shoulder problem? I think it was a neck so, problem. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. but um, uh, but uh, to be fair, I didn't hear it mentioned last week, so maybe it's cleared up a bit. But it seemed to certainly go back sort of into. Uh, the California West Coast sort of um, swing. He was seemed to be struggling with it a bit, but um, yeah, he, um, yeah, he finished. Um, Fairly nicely last week. He yeah. had just one bad day. I think he finished with a 69. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was a kind of. I think if he'd finished with a 76, I might have thought, oh. Mm. But the fact that he did come off with a 69, that was good enough. Yeah. Um, and do you want to give us a tune? Oh, right. Yes. Um, hmm. I feel like I should kind of respond to your system of a down by going completely <laughs> the other end of the scale. Absolutely. <laughs> And coming up with something a far more twee um, and go indie pop route. Um, and you you might like this because 
Uh, there's a band who probably no one's ever heard of, uh, but they were in that indie pop era in the in the sort of mid to late 80s, and they were called the Corn Dollies. Right. Now, yeah. That's not giving you any help, but the song I used to like by them is called Forever Stephen. Now, okay. I don't think there's a tournament that's been won by Stephen so many times. So you've got your man, Stephen Ames. Yeah. You've got a couple of wins for Steve Elkington yeah. as well. So I thought it's a good time to roll out a song about a Stephen. Um, and this, as I say, it's, um, how would you call it? Shambling indie pop, really. It's kind of... C86, was it? C86, anoraki yeah. stuff, which people yeah. love or loathe or have never heard of. I was in the love camp. I, I... It's kind of it's one end of a scale, isn't it, of indie music that classed as indie pop, really. Um, so a very, very much gentler on the ear than the system of a down. Uh, so the corn dollies forever, Stephen. Fair enough. Well, I don't know the song, and um, I'm looking forward to listening to it. So um, yeah. Um, on with the picks and the next uh, player, I think, uh, I mean, an awful lot of people are going to be on this guy this week, and uh, I think both of us are. So I'll let uh, let let you uh, walk us through him, Dave. Uh, Jason Day, yes, indeed. Um, where do we start with Jason Day? I'll start with, obviously, the fact that he's there every week, isn't he? Um, you go through his record since October, reading backwards, 10th, 9th, 5th, 7th, 18th, miscut, 16th, 21st, 11th, 8th. So... I know he has. He had that spelled in the at the end of 2015 and 2016 when he won this. When he mm. his consistency turned up in like ones and he was winning everything. But he's clearly a player that once he's in a groove, he can keep it going. It's just at the moment it's in a slightly lesser groove than when he was world mm. number one and winning stuff. But it's close, isn't it? And if, if you're looking oh, yeah. at twelve each way places this week, the fact he's just come tenth and ninth, mm. it could those extra place could just scoop up a bit of each way cash couldn't they but there's so much to like I, I i've written in my preview i think you've made the same point in yours you go through his strokes gain numbers and they're good everywhere aren't they they're just mm. across the board six six for strokes gain total 12th tee to green 14th putting 25th approach 27th off the tee and then in the more, more old school all-round rankings he's fifth um and that, i think that's always a good pointer for um a, a potential sawgrass winner He's also got three wins on Pete Dye tracks. He won his major at Whistling Straits, another Pete Dye. Mm. He won at TPC Austin, the match play, another Pete Dye. He won this one. Uh, so that uh, bodes well. I was looking for some quotes. Um, he, he spoke at Riviera a few weeks ago. He just said, the putting is nice. Short game's really good. Good form going in, into next week. Um, and that, I think he said that Scottsdale, then he came ninth at Riviera. So he backed up his words with a good performance. And he, he's probably got a better record here than most in terms of, as well as the win, he's got uh, other pretty strong performances. He's got a fifth 2018, an eighth 2019, another sixth back in 2011, a top 20 in 2013. Uh, so he is a player who really does like sawgrass. Probably you'd say of all the Florida courses, it's the one he's done best at. And given his form... I don't see how you can't back him, really. I think you obviously think the same, that he just he just stands out as one of the most reliable each-way picks of the week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Um, of course, I, I always 
I mean, Touchwood is completely healthy now, but um, you always sort of have this little fear with him, don't you, that sort of suddenly the, the back plays up on the range on Thursday morning or something like that. But um, Touchwood, with his swing changes he's implemented, um, the, you know, he seems to be in a groove and seems to be healthy at, at, at the moment. So uh, uh, I really hope for his, his sake that continues for, you know, a long time. And uh, uh, if we assume that there are no problems on that front come up he's just as you say he's just playing fantastic golf but i think it's four straight top tens actually and um, yeah. uh yeah he's just you know again it comes back to the fact that um saw grass rewards people who are in good form who are doing th- everything well it becomes not an easy track but a track you can just sort of manage your way around and pick off your scoring opportunities and uh, uh and everything is just trending towards the win um one thing i didn't mention earlier and the sort of final key in the jigsaw here of past winners it's um it does seem to have a habit of throwing up winners. I don't know if you've noticed this. It seems to have a th- habit of throwing up winners who basically haven't won for a long time. You know, fairly yeah. big names who are all sort of on the on the comeback trial. Webb Web Simpson's an obvious example. Um, uh, you know, Rick, Ricky Fowler. Um, uh, who else we got? Uh, um, uh, Tim Clark obviously was winning for yeah. the first time. Uh, so there's been quite a lot of lot of winners who have. Um, uh, you, you know, picked up that first win in, in quite a while. Uh, and, um, yeah, he very much fits that. Bill Kucher was another one. So, uh, so, so yeah, I think it was um, 2018, possibly his last win at the Wells Fargo, something like that. So uh, everything's been trending towards a win. And, uh, um, you know, it'd be really disappointing um, if he's not uh, not right in the mix uh, uh, come, come Sunday afternoon because, uh, as you say, he loves the track and, um, yeah, everything's just... I was, to be honest, I was just keeping your fingers crossed going into Bay Hill that he would, well, do exactly what he did, which is play play well, but not really be in the yeah. thick of it and blow it on the Sunday afternoon, not 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 win from a selfish point of view because then I wouldn't have wanted to back him again this week. But equally, obviously, I didn't want to miss cut or a 57th or something where he'd struggled. So, uh, so he did exactly what I was hoping he'd do, which is sort of be a little bit off the pace going into the weekend and then gradually, um, you know, work his way up the field with a really strong weekend. So, uh, so yeah, all, all things point to Jason Day to me this week. And, um, yeah, I'll be hugely disappointed if he's not um, not in the mix come, come Sunday. So, um, yeah, and uh, let's have another song. Uh, me again. Um, you again? Yeah. I've so only got do... one left. So. <laughs> right. Um, I'll do. Uh, I'll do back to back shambling indie pop then, and throw in um, another one. Um, I think must be. I. I um, have you got a record player? Do you? How do you listen I, to your music? I, I do. I do have a record player, but I will confess it's not connected at the moment. So oh, I have right. this massive, great big vinyl collection that is just sort of sat there staring at me. And meanwhile, I I sort of shove stuff on on Spotify in the car yeah. or whatever. So yeah, uh, yeah which is very bad. To be honest. Well, I um I sold my to my uh, well, you know, regret in some ways, but maybe not in another i sold my record collection but i did keep some bits behind mm. i think i thought i'd just keep a flavor of what i'd mm. collected so i have had my vinyl out uh, recently and i did um i, I did notice that i kept a few uh sort of 12 inches by a band called the brilliant corners have you heard of them very vaguely very vaguely um, when yeah. i saw them on your list i thought the name rings a bell but i couldn't name you any songs or any of the members or anything like that so where they're yeah from. Uh, so i'm trying to think whether i then which order i did this whether i decided to um <laughs> just somehow crowbar them in but i think it was i was i was having a little think about sawgrass's most famous hole the 17th obviously the island green at 17 
Um, and I thought the Beatles, she was just 17. I mean, but that's a really oh, obvious me. Beatles song, isn't it? So I don't want to go with an obvious Beatles song. And then 17 is like a teenage year, isn't it? And then I thought Teenage Kicks by the Undertones, but that seemed yeah. a bit obvious. Um, and then I remember the Brilliant Corners had done a song called uh, Teenage. Uh, so I thought that would reflect uh, 17. So I put that in. Um, and again, they were from that era, sort of mid to late 80s. They were from Bristol. I once went to see them um, in a where my grandparents used to live in a place called Aylesbury in Buckinghamshire. Right, yeah. I ended up playing uh, the bass player at pole and a beating. So that was quite, <laughs> you know, at the time, that was quite a thing. Uh, in a certain circle of friends, you'll never guess what. I've been the bass player from the Brilliant Corners at Paul. Uh, obviously, it means little now. Uh, but they had, they were, you know, they're very you know, sort of normal guitar y strum strum indie band. But they had like a yeah. trumpeter called Dan. And it just right, adds okay. a bit of. Um, just had something a bit different to them. I don't know if actually if he comes through on this song that I picked, but yeah, if you like that kind of thing, just go and have a listen to them. It's it's kind of a bit of a forgotten genre uh, that, and there were a lot of good bands back then. Uh, so it's song. a bit like sort of the, the Higsons or something like that. I'm getting a vibe with the trumpet and what have you. Yeah, but, yeah, that kind of thing maybe. Yeah, but uh, they're from a similar ilk to the Corn Dollies. Um, I think if you went through a, an indie pop fans record collection uh, you'd see the brilliant corners in there quite prominently excellent i'm looking forward to listening to that so uh, yeah it's amazing i mean talking about vinyl and what have you and, and you sort of stumble across i'm a big fan of um I'm sure you've ever mentioned this before but i'm a big fan of the band catherine wheel and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, i've got obviously pretty much everything they've ever done on vinyl and uh, uh you, you know not, I, I sort of pick up on the fact that uh, people sort of pay you know three four hundred quid for the first couple of albums on the original vinyl edition and and that kind of thing and i'm thinking blimey i could you know i could sell that. i don't want to but uh, um but uh, yeah, it's amazing what some of uh, some of your sort of older in, indie tunes and vinyl can become worth isn't it but, uh, well i know. sold there's another band from the era i'm talking about called the sea urchins and right yeah, yeah. they're on a record label called, called record label called sarah uh, who released oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i don't know what they got to in the end but uh the ch is what sarah number one it was like the first release on that record label and i sold my single for 200 quid so that was uh that felt well, quite good since i bought yeah. it for about one pound 99. very nice very nice um but uh, i must confess i don't really remember the brilliant corners so uh, i'm looking looking forward to a listen so yeah um or would we go with the picks and uh one thing we often see uh with uh uh, with Sawgrass is that um, it will throw in a sort of um, you know a veteran if you like uh, who, who sort of threatens for the for the title and uh, I think a few years ago uh, Jim Furick was right in the hunt and uh, uh, obviously more recently Lately Westwood was right in the hunt and uh, um, uh, I think Ken Duke back in the day was uh, sort of. Uh, put in a very good run here and uh, and the guy i'm looking for for sort of veteran status this week although i don't think he'd uh, like being called a veteran because he's literally only just turned 40 is uh francesco molinari um a mm -hmm. little bit of the forgotten man of, of late obviously he uh, 
it all sort of gone a little bit quiet for him since, of course, he's a uh, Open Championship win, and then he won actually at Bay Hill in 2019. But. Uh, uh, then uh, I think he was relocating his family to California just around the time of lockdown and, you know, pandemic, etc. And, and that obviously caused a lot of upheaval. And then he had a couple of injuries and he didn't play hardly. Well, he didn't play in 2020 when the tour came back, I don't think. And then, and then sort of, um, you know, a few inches in 2021. So it's all it's all gone a little bit awry. But, uh, of course, he's got the massive motivation this year of... Um, uh, the Ryder Cup, of course. I'm sure we'll hear a lot of this through the year for him and uh, Migliozzi and, um, uh, you know, any other Italian guys out there who put up a run together. Uh, but um, there's just been signs. Uh, obviously, Molinari is hugely motivated to make the Ryder Cup team. And there's just been some signs that he's starting to pick up a little bit on that front. Uh, he was 14th last week at... Uh, Bay Hill, but uh, he'd also been fifth earlier in the year in Abu Dhabi. Uh, he produced some uh, decent stuff back in the last year uh, when he uh, was top 10 at the BMW PGA. So, um, and um, he seemed to be sort of on song with his neat and tidy game at uh, Bay Hill. He was fourth in uh, driving accuracy and all of his other sort of key stats were in the sort of, uh, um, you, you know, sort of, uh, sort of 25th uh, for putting or 24th for approach play or, or, or what have you. So, um, so there's definitely some positive signs there. And um, uh, he does have, uh, again, uh, uh, you know, plenty of experience here, a, a good, strong record. Um, he uh, uh, he made the cut here last year. But uh, if we go back, uh, you know, into the sort of uh, mid, mid-teens, if you like, sort of 14, 15, 16, 17, around that time, he, uh, uh, he, um, he produced three, uh, three consecutive um, top tens here. So uh, obviously, it's uh, when he's on song, it's the... the type of course that he can pick apart as, as we've said sort of you know with sort of a good good tee to green game so uh so i thought that, um at three figures he, he caught my eye as someone who fitted the profile very nicely and um uh again you, you pays your money takes your takes your choice as it were from the point of view of when you want the bigger each way places but um uh i think he's available uh where are we now he has been backed a little bit today actually so i'm not the only person who likes the look of him but um um you can get 110 to 1 for eight places uh uh he's only 60 to 1 if you want the 12 places or 66 to 1 um uh or 100 to 1 for nine places so um yeah, so uh, and uh, I've put him up at um, where are we? Uh, Hundred to one for yeah. nine places. So um, yeah, are you, are you buying into the sort of that Ryder Cup? Um, yeah, definitely. Every, every time I see him on a leaderboard or Migliozzi on the leaderboard, I think, oh yes, of course, they'll be extra motivated for the Ryder Cup later in the year. And um, yeah, kind of expecting them both to win it at uh, at some point. It's one of those ones where you, you think you should just. Have a blanket strategy of backing them every week, mm. knowing that yeah, some week it won't work out at all. But you might just then catch them uh, when you might have given up on the project. So that yeah, um, I mean, I down the years I must have backed Molinari here loads of times because mm. uh, from memory, uh, just seemed a good course for him, didn't it? And um, we had the record. So yeah, um, hopefully, good luck with that one. Yeah, thank you, um, and um, I'll let you do your next player pick and then i'm gonna gonna throw in a tune that i know you're gonna love but i'll uh, let you go with your get you know you go with your player pick uh first i think you're going going canadian for your next one yeah i'm gonna go with Corey connors uh, i think he, he has has the air of a, a sawgrass winner about him um he does he has actually said before i love it here it's one of my favorite tournaments 
I definitely like the challenging golf courses, and I really always like this course, he said. Um, and he's dropping hints that something good is happening. He's had, I think, five, six top 25s in his last eight events. It's a bit frustrating for an each-way backer because they're like 11th and 12th and 18th and then 21st, but it's going to happen soon, I'm sure. So he's 21st at Bay Hill last week, uh, which added to um, a run in Florida where he's not finished worse than 26th in his last six starts there. So he just played the Florida events really well, third at Bay Hill a couple of years ago, and seventh, I think that's the standout one here. Uh, on his th- on his second performance here in 2021, 26 last year, um, he was 41st in on debut when he was going quite nicely as well after round three. So he's he's got some sort of nice form at, at um, Sawgrass, especially that seventh in 2021 when he closed with a 66. And he's just that sort of ball striker. Now I, I can't remember why I heard this. Was it in commentary where somebody said they'd been playing with him? And they just sort of went, oh, my God, does he flush it every single shot? Um, it just sort of re- was a little reminder, I think, to me that, yeah, Corey Connors is an excellent player. He will get you each way money if you can back him in the in, in the right tournament. The, the worry, of course, uh, for him is normally the putting, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I did notice breaking down his strokes gained performances in it although not by much but in the last two events he has gained strokes on the field with the putter so that's something i so said we're looking at naught point something but it you know rather that way than he's lost that five strokes that we've seen in the past so a bit of decent form with the old flat stick uh, which bodes well um he's got a decent record as well on on pete die tracks like four four top 12s in his last eight He's played quite well at the the Heritage, got a fourth and a twelfth there. He was a third in the match play at Austin as well on the on the Pete mm-hmm. Dye. So just all in all, I thought he looked um, some a bet that uh, could do something. Again, it's yeah, it's quite um, extreme really. He's forty to one in places and sixty six in others. So you can get sixty six to one with Unibet, um, but I think there's seven places. Or you yeah. can get you back down to forty with twelve at Betfair, and then yeah. there's various sort of fifties along the way at nine and ten places. The other, I mean, I'm tempted to play the sixty-six to be honest um, at yeah. Unibet uh, for him because that is best. I think he's a very very good player. And if that putter can just come along for the ride, I think he uh, could be quite dangerous. Yeah, he's one of those, isn't he, that um, I guess a little bit like, uh, I mean, obviously he has won before, unlike Luke List when he got over the line last year at the Farmers, but uh, uh, he's one of those a little bit like Luke List that um, it'll all come together one one week on, on the greens for him and uh, he'll uh, uh, get over the line in a, in a sort of, a, well, a, a bigger event than uh, obviously where he, he got his first win. Um, but... Um, yeah, he's um, he, 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 he's it's uh, always just a hard watch with the putter, isn't it? So, <laughs> but um, um, yeah, um, 
as you said, with Molinari, good luck <laughs> with him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, I realised that she was about to pick a tune, but then I realised I completely glossed over one of my selections. I don't know if you'd noticed oh. that, Dave, but uh, I'm sort of going up in odds here. But uh, I got sidetracked talking about the uh, the corn dollies and the various Stevens <laughs> that are won here and completely forgot to talk about Tyrrell Hatton, um, which um, uh, would be very remiss of me because uh, he's um, um, alongside... Um, Obviously, Jason Day and Hovland, my other sort of short price selection, and someone um, I can see having a really, really good week. Um, uh, like um, Hovland, obviously, I was on Hatton last week, and uh, um, similarly to, to Hovland, of course, he um, uh, just uh, flattered to deceive at, uh, at the end, struggling with the, with the putter down the stretch a little bit. But uh, um, his um, his form has just been tremendous through the you know the last uh, uh, well since the back end of last year when he was really strong on on the DP World Tour and uh, he's he started strongly uh, uh, on the PGA Tour this year. Uh, he played you know a couple of tracks that he didn't really. Um, you know, he's obviously pitched up to them because they're elevated events now, but he didn't have any any history at Riviera or Phoenix of note. And um, he, he made the cut in both, finishing sixth at uh, Phoenix. Uh, and then, of course, he's come to Bay Hill, which we know he loves, and uh, he, he's knocked on the door again and was... Uh, uh, flushing it as we say from uh, from from tea to green, but uh, he's another of those who um, this will be his uh, I think sixth visit to Sawgrass, and uh, um, for the first uh, or maybe his, his, his sixth visit, uh, yeah, his sixth visit, and uh, uh, on the first four occasions he just didn't get the hang of it at all. Forty first miss cut, miss cut, miss cut, uh, but then suddenly last year it seemed to click a bit for him here when he was thirteenth, and uh, again that's sort of typical of your your past winners here you know half a dozen starts and uh something clicks in one of the sort of one or two previous starts and um bob's your uncle they they, they put it all together the following year so um so tyrrell does everything you would expect a sawgrass winner to do stripe it off the tee flush it with the irons and um uh, i think he's carrying serious momentum at the moment so i, I really like him um uh at uh, at, at the odds um uh where what uh, what's he been Cut into now. Um, where are we? Um, 35s, if you want. Uh, uh, same story again, if you want your bigger places or 30, 33s for seven places. But um, if you're looking for sort of eight, nine, ten places, it's um, it's uh, 30 to one, which uh, uh, I was happy to take him out. So, uh, so yeah, Tyrrell Hatton. Um, back to the music and my final musical selection for the week uh if i said to you jacksonville um uh dave which uh, which band would you automatically associate with jacksonville um oh um <laughs> you're getting to your i'll give you a clue you're getting to your, your 70s rock uh yeah not my best uh genre <laughs> there. Um, no well um give, I, me I a hope clue. Would... give me a better clue give me the initials um uh, ls <laughs> this will be so easy, won't it? Now go and put me out of my misery. Uh, well, actually, being in the news today, quite. I mean, I was going to put this in the pod anyway, and and sort of sadly, it's actually time to sort of as a bit of a tribute as well, because um, we're going with Freebird by Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner, yeah, I had them yeah. on the radio actually, yeah, um, yeah, and uh, Gary Rossington, the final surviving original member, because um, of course they had that tragic plane crash of the late seventies, which. Uh, uh, you know, several of the members of the band died in, and then gradually they pieced it back together with newer members and etc. But um, the final surviving 
original member Gary Rossington um, actually passed away over the last 24 hours um, and uh, um, he was uh, I don't think he played the main guitar solo on Freebird he was the other guitarist if you like but he was uh, uh, instrumental in putting that guitar solo together and uh, apparently he played the slide guitar in the early part of it but uh, um, I um, assumed and I might be completely wrong here that uh, uh, 11 minute um, 70s rock with 6 minute closing guitar solo <laughs> probably isn't your cup of tea day but uh, am I wrong is it, uh, not, is it not really but I, I, <laughs> that free is a bird one that's a classic isn't it I do like that um, yeah no it's um, it, it, it's a great tune and um uh yeah there's uh the, the version i'm putting on here is a live version which is actually the video is on youtube as well uh it's from um a uh massive stadium gig they did in front of god knows how many people back in 1977 in uh, oakland california and uh if um if, if listeners you ever get a chance to watch this on on youtube it's well worth a look just for sort of all the sort of 70s haircuts and fashion that is in the audience sort of uh thoroughly thoroughly digging the the, the leonard skinnard um uh six minute guitar solo so um yeah free free bird uh i i, I mean obviously I, I like my guitars and uh as much as i like my sort of short sharp indie pop um and um yeah i uh i do uh do equally like um uh, my six-minute uh, hoary rock solos as well. So, uh, so yeah. So that's my final musical pick for the week. It's um, uh, "Freebird" by uh, Leonard Skinnerd and a tribute for Gary Rossington, who uh, sadly passed away today. So, um, okay. And they are from Jacksonville, by the way. To come back to the point, uh, and there right, is, yeah, yeah. I think uh, on the radio, I think um, the discussion was. Uh, songs that are kind of in two parts so that free is a bird one it's sort of going along whimsically and then it suddenly kicks in doesn't it sort of yeah. halfway through it does yeah 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 so um yeah but it's um it, yeah it's, it's it's great stuff so uh uh anyway on to our final picks and we're both um rolling the dice for you know we've both been uh shall we say um uh lured in by the sort of uh 10 12 each way places for our final selections so uh who have you got dave yeah, I'm um, I'm going with Davis Riley. I, th I think I think he's one of those players you kind of don't want to miss when he lands. Everyone, everyone thinks he's really good and will land a good event or at least challenge heavily. And I kind of feel it's going to happen. Um, and I may be thinking it's probably going to happen in Florida. The, the downside is he's not played here before, but... Um, in his last three Florida starts, he was runner-up at the Valspar uh, last year, and then he was eighth last week at the Arnold Palmer, closed with a 66. He just had a, a bit of a wonky third round where he shot 77. Um, but he putted really well last week on the Bermuda Greens, third in strokes game putting. Um, and then there's just lots, lots of good words from, isn't there, amongst fellow pros that are oh, watch this guy. Mm. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know quite what price I was expecting uh, from this week. Um, but you can get 160 um, with Unibet. That's seven places. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I might, it's one of those ones I, I might s split my states because part of the reasoning is I want to take advantage of the 12 places because, you know, if Davis Riley finishes 11th and you win money on him at 100 to 1, that's great. So Davis Riley at 100s with Betfair 12 places maybe half the stake on him on that one and the other half 160s uh, with the Unibet 
Uh, I don't know what you think about him, whether he's is he a person you've ever tipped before? Uh, I have tipped him before, yeah. Uh, I can't remember when, but I've certainly tipped him before. And like you say, he's, he's one of those, I suppose, a little bit like Kitayama on the PGA Tour. You sort of don't want to miss him when he gets uh, gets over the line. Uh, Figal is another obvious one in that category. Uh, but um, he wasn't for me this week, again, purely down to the fact that he's a debutante. But um, uh, as, as you say, this course really should be something that um, uh, would play to his strengths, certainly long, longer term. And I could see, you know, no reason why, um, I mean, Obviously, debutants don't tend to win here, but um, no reason why he couldn't go well uh, and uh, nick that place, certainly. But uh, um, I guess I've sort of tried to focus on players that uh, have got the history here and, um, uh, you, you know, even the bigger price guys, um, you know, they'd sort of fit that formula if they did uh, yeah. did, did, did win, as it were. But, um, but uh, yeah, he certainly uh, he will be on the radar for the Valspar next week, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, but um, uh, I can certainly see the attraction. But uh, um, I'm um, I'm seeing your 150s or 125s oh, and uh, yeah. ra- ra- raising it to 200s, 250s for oh. my final selection. And uh, uh, it's Ben Martin, who yes. um, mm. uh, now, um, yeah, from, from the point of view of, I guess, uh, although, you know, 10, 10 years or so ago, Ben Martin was perhaps seen as a player with an awful lot of potential and he's still only 35. But uh, I guess now you'd certainly put uh, Davis Riley's trajectory sort of way ahead of Ben Martin's over the next five years or so. But um, uh, there's no doubt uh, he's on a little bit of a comeback. Um, obviously, he, he got the win many a moon ago on another TPC track at the, uh, at the Shriners. Uh, uh, he's a former amateur world number one, so I think quite a bit was expected of him. But um, it, it sort of just uh, has been a struggle for him over the years. And over re- more recent years, he's sort of been consistency, bounced on and off the you know, the Corn Ferry and uh, getting the sort of starts of the lesser events on the PGA Tour. Uh, nearly got his card back, his full playing rights at the Corrales last year when he basically led wire to wire until the 72nd hole and ended up getting picked into second place. Um, he was quite emotional after that, I seem to remember, because obviously it would have meant an awful lot to him to get his playing privileges back. But um, it was a happy ending because he ended up uh, doing so in the Corn Ferry finals. And um, he's he's sort of really pushed on this this season. Um, again, a bit of inconsistency. But uh, last couple of starts, uh, he's, he's found something, uh, played nicely at Pebble Beach. And then um, back over on the East Coast, and obviously he's a sort of Eastern States guy. He's a South Carolina guy. Yeah. Um, he, um, he popped up with a fifth at the Honda. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, so he comes in on the back of two uh, two really good performances. I think he's in the sort of about seventy fifth in the FedEx Cup standings or something at the moment, uh, and um, he was fourth here way back when on his debut uh, many a moon ago. I think two thousand fifteen. Uh, he's also got a top three uh, at Hilton Head on his on his CV, and in general, he just seems to pop up at these uh, sort of shorter, um, uh, sort of wind affected courses. Um, so. Um, yeah, you know, I could see him nicking a place. And uh, obviously, if um, you want your 12 places, he's only 150 to 1. But uh, um, you can get um, uh, nine places for 250 to 1. So that's the route uh, uh, I've gone down. And um, yeah, I'm, yeah. Um, you know, he's got a bit of quality about him. And uh, yeah. he's obviously riding a bit of a wave at the moment. So it's uh, Ben Martin for me. He's my final pick. And, yeah, uh, it all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think that pretty much wraps up the selections. Uh, and uh, uh, I haven't missed any of your music. Have you? you you've uh, yeah, I've got one you? more. Yeah, oh, we got, got one more. Far, far away. Yeah, far away. I've got one more. This this one's easier to 
guess why. Um, the song is called Grazing in the Grass by the Friends of Distinction. Um, grass, supergrass, um, yeah. sawgrass, sorry, supergrass. Got music on the brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, rather than uh, shambling indie music, this um, is soul music. Uh, they were from California. I think people call it psychedelic soul. Okay. Sounds a bit like Motown-y sort of thing maybe. But um, they're quite an interesting band. That they were, they were discovered by an American football footballer called Jim Brown, who also discovered Earth, Wind and Fire. Okay. There you go. And they're signed to RCA Records. Um, but for, for me, uh, I love this song. And it's partly to do with when I first heard it. I first heard it when I was driving back from uh, Augusta National. Um, it just came on the car. On the car, I, it's a funny, um, it's a funny trip that one. In 2014, I um, I stopped off at the. I tried to stop off on the way home at the Laurel and Hardy Museum. Don't know if you're fans of Laurel and Hardy, but um, uh, Stan Laurel was born in Ulverston uh, in Cumbria, yeah. uh, and I've been to that museum. But Oliver Hardy was born in uh, in Georgia. And, and on, I'd noticed on previous trips, you, there's a sign on the side of the road, the whatever it is, the I-20 something or other, mm. uh, saying Laurel and Hardy Museum. So I thought I'd uh, I'll stop off on the way there. And, it was, and, and this was a Monday, obviously, and it was shut on a Monday. Hmm. But, <laughs> but I at least could I could peer in. It was only a little place. I could peer in, and I got a passerby to take a picture of me outside. So a bit disappointed with that, but... Then on the drive the rest of the way to Atlanta Airport, this came on the radio and it just sounded perfect. It was like a sunny day. This came on, you know, when you just think, ah, this is good, isn't it? The old life. Yeah. Happy, makes me feel good. On and, the uh, road in the States, yeah. Yeah, just for a nice sort of moment where you sort of pinch yourself. And um, there's a good, you can just listen to the song. I think there's a good version if you go on YouTube when the, um, who's, they're on some American TV show where you can sort of see them dancing as well. And it just looks, yeah, that looks good. That looks a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to think of the uh, American chat show that'd be on. Name American chat show person. Ed Sullivan, that's it. Uh, yeah. Ed Sullivan. Yeah. 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 So I think that there's a clip, Friends of Distinction, Grazing in the Grass on the Ed Sullivan show in 1970. It's just like, yes, this is good. Well, you've introduced, obviously, uh, the Smiths, of course, need no introduction, but you've introduced me to three, uh, certainly three new songs and potentially three new bands tonight. So I'm oh, uh, looking forward to uh, give, giving the playlist a listen. Um, and uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, right. So we've got one last song to cut on the playlist, uh, which, of course, is the uh, listener's choice for uh, wow. to, to uh, win the free five pound bet. Uh, as always, had uh, some good suggestions come in. Uh, A.R. Thompson gave me a couple of tunes. Actually, he's uh, he got something in from Obey Robots, which uh, is uh, a, a new band um, who apparently uh, uh, are formed um, by the uh, lead singer of Ned's Atomic Dustbin, if you remember them. <laughs> right, yeah. uh, so, uh, um, uh, and then he also went with Go Fly Me a Kit or a Kite, uh, Kite Yama from Mary Poppins. Oh. Uh, a bit of an interesting uh, right, yeah. uh, something uh, Ned's Atomic Dustbin linked and then Mary Poppins linked. Um, 17 Going Under by Sam Fender came up a few times again. Obviously, yeah. uh, uh, I think we had that on the pod last year, actually, for obvious reasons. Um, and um, uh, Chris Lofthouse suggested Come As You Are by Nirvana. So, 
So uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with this one. Uh, it's not really my musical cup of tea, but I like the uh, like the angle. Um, and uh, we, I suppose we've had some. Uh, uh, we've had a bit of sort of solely Motown music. We've had sort of shambling C86 <laughs> indie music. We've had a uh, full-on rock. So uh, why not get a little bit of um, dance music in for once of a very broad umbrella? Uh, and um, uh, MPG Blodge 99 came up with uh, uh, the Swamp Song by The Grid. And uh, this is about the fact uh, he, he pointed out to me, and I remember reading this before as well, he was, he was watching a documentary the other day uh, about, uh, obviously, how Sawgrass was uh, built on, basically, Swampland, oh, yes. basically. So um, so I like the angle. So uh, um, thank you, MPG Blodge 99. And uh, uh, £5 bet uh, for you for this week's uh, players. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll message you uh, to uh, work that one out over uh, over the next day. So uh, brilliant. Do you know that, do you know that song? Um, I have given it a listen. Do you know it? Uh, are you a fan of it? Um, it's one of those ones I might not know who it's by, but I might know it. Yeah, I, I gave it a listen just before we came on, and uh, uh, I did know the song when I heard it. Right, yes. okay. um, so it's it's one you will know. It was quite. Yeah, a, yeah. I think it was a bit of bit of a hit, shall we say, in the clubs yeah. uh, back in the day. If that was your sort of thing, so uh, um, I was the guy who sat in the corner of the club a bit like Morrissey and uh <laughs> right poetry. Um, yeah yeah <laughs> well I didn't write poetry but uh yeah um wants to hang the DJ as it were so depending on what type of club it was of course I like yes. the indie clubs so uh yeah um anyway so let's have a recap um run us through your bets again Dave yeah so I'm going for Matt Fitzpatrick I'm going for Jason Day Corey Connors and um Davis Riley so Matt Fitzpatrick you can get 28 12 places. Jason Day, 28 12 places as well. Corey Connors, I was going to split between some at 40s at 12 places, some at 66, eight, or was it seven places, I think? And then Davis Riley again, maybe split the stakes, some at 100 to 1, 12 places, some at 167 places. Brilliant. And uh, I'm with Dave there on Jason Day. Uh, and uh, then it's Victor Hovland at uh, the general 25s uh, for um, uh, the eight places uh, or indeed um, nine places. Uh, and then um, I think she's been pushed out. You get 28 now for nine places mm. on Victor Hovland. Um, William Hills pushed him out to that. Uh, and then uh, Tyrrell Hatton, um, also uh, eight places at 30s. Uh, as we say, Jason Day, uh, Francesco Molinari for a bit of a Ryder Cup inspired performance. Uh, eight places or nine places, 100 to one. Uh, and then uh, my big roll of the dice, uh, Ben Martin, uh, at uh, 250s for nine places so uh that's the picks uh my musical selections um it's just the three from me uh we've got some bang up to date uh cracking indie uh, uh tunes from the lathams with struggle uh then we've got uh, an ode to victor hovland lonely day by uh, one of his favorite bands system of a down uh and then um uh tribute to gary rossington who passed away today um uh jacksonville's um leonard skinnard and uh freebird um, and then, the, as just mentioned, the listeners' musical selection, um, uh, Swamp Song by The Grid. And uh, your musical picks were again, Dave? Yeah, I went for Cemetery Gates by The Smiths. I went for Forever Stephen by The Corn Dollies, Teenage by The Brilliant Corners, and Grazing in the Grass by The Friends of Distinction. 
Brilliant. Um, so I think, as they say, that is um, pretty much a wrap. Uh, remind everyone where they can uh, hear you, sort of see your stuff, uh, Dave. Yeah. Uh, so Twitter at Dave Tyndall Golf, that kind of uh, everything I preview will appear on there. Um, then Betfair um, and WSN. Um, I'm sure there's somewhere else as well. Uh, but yeah, if you just go to at Dave Tyndall Golf, that's why I put up all my previews. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, my name is Martin Matthews, obviously. You can find me at Sundog Monkey um, uh, with my main previews or at the Golf Altar pod for the podcast. Uh, I have also started a Buy Me a Coffee page this year if anyone wants to support that um obviously that's hugely appreciated so um yeah dave as always it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on uh really enjoyed chatting uh, yeah, thank and, you. Uh, and uh hopefully we'll do it again sometime later in the year uh pod will be back as you know we're not every week uh th this year um but um uh certainly not sure if it'll be the match play or or, or the week after um but uh we'll be back in uh, two, two or three weeks time and um obviously uh um yeah um thank you everyone for listening uh good luck this week um don't forget to turn music up loud uh bet responsibly um and uh enjoy the players should be a cracking event um thanks again dave thanks again everyone and uh good night <laughs>